You're listening to a Countout Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Independent Waters. I am your host, Mikey Man Freddy, and joining me, as always, is the other host of this show, Zach Reckless Batista. Zach, how you doing, my man? Mikey, I'm dying. It's too fucking hot. You die. We're dying. It's so hot out here. It was it's so hot. But again, uh, is the is the UK still going through that heat wave? I, I don't even know if they're still going through. I the feel heat wave. weird. You know, I feel weird complaining about how hot it is when I know the, the people in the UK are going through like the most crazy heat wave they've ever gotten ever. And I don't know if it's still happening or if it's like finally better. But like, whew. it's some bullshit out here. It's like, it was like yeah, a- global warming, man. Yeah, no, it's a fucking bit. Recycle. <laughs> we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to say it again because it was 97 almost all day today. It's fucking hot. Yeah, no, I, I, I left my house once to go to, like, Newark and back, and it was, like, the walk to the car was miserable. I ran this morning. Why? You because fucking in the morning, man? Because in the morning, it's only, key where you're only 87 degrees. Only. So it's not complete dog shit. Just run at night when there's no sun. <laughs> ah, that's just like, I used to do that, but I just want to get it over with in the morning. Get done, go to work, relax for the rest of the afternoon oh, workout. That sounds miserable to run in that heat. Like, how could you even breathe? Uh, honestly, it's probably a mixture of just conditioning and my stubbornness to not do it later and just get it done. Like it's mm-hmm. hot, but I can I I don't die too badly these days. It's still hot though. <laughs> yeah, it's still fucking hot. Worst the worst by far is when it mm-hmm. rains right before I go out and then it stops and I'm just like, oh great, it's now humid everywhere. Yeah, that Ugh. would be what kills me. Very true. All right, so we got uh we got some matches to take a look at today. We brought we are back to our normal formula oh. after uh, last week's episode. It would actually be somewhat of a surprise if the description is not looked at for this episode then for anyone listening, because we didn't announce them last week. Yes, we didn't announce them last week. So, we got, uh, Zach, I believe you picked the majority of the matches for this one. Why don't you tell us what you brought to the table, then I will present my match. I did! So, hot off our Garden State Pro show, I wanted to see more Jay Vidal. So, I found Jay Vidal versus Damian Drake at Future Stars of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then following that up, I wanted to see a little more of Ashley Dembois because she had a match on AEW, I believe it was either AEW or AEW Dark. And I was reminded how she's actually great at wrestling. So I found her against Heather Reckless at, let me get the full name of the thing, so I'm not going to just call it CSW, at, at Chicago Style Wrestling or CSW. Mikey, what about you? What'd you get? I brought to the table this week KM Lane versus Jack Kent from United Kingdom Pro Wrestling. Uh, 
this this match was great. This match was cool. Uh, and I can't wait to talk about it. But and I can't wait to talk about it. So why don't we do that? Yeah. So we've got a because unique... it is our first match. Yeah, our unique start for this match is this match. This video. Is starts... this match starts in the middle? Yes, just in the middle. I remember when Mikey gave me this video. I was like, okay, and he's like, I. I should have I should have watched it first, I guess, because I, I turned it on and I was surprised by it when I watched the matches, and I was like, "Well, it's too late to turn back now," so I just kind of kept watching. I had the same. Where I was like, "Well, fuck it, we're doing it now," and uh, I, I do appreciate the commentator who apparently was not the usual commentator. Though props to him, he gave a very earnest feeling when watching. Like honestly, it felt like the type of commentator you'd give a bunch of like. I want to say, like, younger wrestling fans or, like, newer wrestling fans to give you the impression that the guy's really invested in the match. Like, really, really selling the story in this match. Um, I also thought it was fun that the match takes fa- place in the middle of, like, a ca- like a fair, kind of? Yeah, it was like a, it was like a little carnival. Yeah, it's nice. So, um, the slight context you'll get for this match is that this is from their the description of their video, so thank you very much, uh, UKPW. This match occurred in the first round of the Battle of the Bay tournament in 2021, and it has sparked a feud that it continues to this day, according to the description. So this is the start of a blood feud we're watching here. The start of a blood feud is very is is a very good way to describe this, especially with how this match ends, or I guess yeah. not ends, but after the match ends, we'll talk. Mm-hmm. Which obviously we'll get to that. Which obviously we'll get to. Yes. So, uh, starting out in the middle of this match, uh, it's where Kent and Lane are both sitting in the on the mat. Basically kind of just trading holes with each other, trying to get control. And Kent very quickly established himself as the heel in this match because he grabs a handful of Lane's, like, afro hair and just yanks him back. So very easily, he is the uh, the heel and Lane is the face. All the kids love Lane. Like, uh, I think there's ever a moment that the kids weren't cheering for him. Mm-hmm. So Kent tries to keep control after doing this with a top over wrist lock, but Lane gets out of it by backflipping and drop kicking him in the face. Which causes Kent to roll out to the ring, and I actually like this where Lane, rather than like doing like the come at me, he actually got on the rope and started talking shit. And I was like, yeah! And this pissed Kent off, obviously, so he got back into the ring, only to then get, I believe it was side headlocked, and then, uh, side headlocked, takeovered, I believe. Oh no, side headlocked, thrown into the ropes, shoulder tackled, and then uh, drop kicked in the face again. <laughs> Didn't learn his lesson the first time, evidently. Yeah, apparently not. So. As a result, um, Kent goes to the corner and Lane chops him enough times that he thinks that at this point he can hit him with his spinning wheel kick. This is a very important note for this match because that is like all that Lane is trying to hit this match, this spinning wheel kick. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. But Kent sees this coming and he actually counter... Um, he basically... How do I put... He stops because he sees it coming. So Lane like just spins, hits nothing. And... He tries to go and hit him with a German suplex, but Kent grips onto the ropes and basically stops Lane from pulling him off. And when Lane, like, slips off of his waist, he runs towards Kent. Kent drop toll holes him throat first into the ropes he was just holding onto. Uh, following this up, Kent just starts to grind down on Lane. Like, he just more holds, hits him in the throat with, like, a palm strike, a couple chops to the chest, dropped him with a neck breaker, really leaning into his, um, the back of his head for some of these strikes. Uh, Lane does have a door, have to endure a bit more of punishment here. However, uh, this is, um, via a suplex to the ropes, forearms to the face. He does mount a comeback by jumping over Kent and rolling him up a couple times, but he makes the unfortunate mistake of missing a running splash in the corner. 
which then lets Kent land him with heavy strikes and a Northern Light suplex before then stretching with, I believe it was a variety of a chicken wing hold, if I'm right? Yes, I think, it, I think that's correct. All right. Uh, then Kent gets Lane into the corner. However, he makes the same mistake that Lane just did, which is he goes for a running strike and he misses, which gives Lane an opportunity to hop onto the apron, shoulder him in the gut, and flip off him into the ring. He tries to hit the spin kick again, whips again. So Kent stomps on him several times. I believe this is where one of the times he stomped him in the back of the head and the announcer was like, that's not legal, but what are you going to do about it? <laughs> that's not a legal move, but like, I like how, I like how the official, like, the official is like, oh, I get it. Like, what am I going to do about it? It's like, you're the ref, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, Come on. Cut him some slack, bro. If anyone's going to do something, it's going to be you. <laughs> but Lane's not out of the fight yet at this point. Uh, he gets a few strikes in on Kent. Drives him back to the corner. Kent stops him because Blaine runs at him and eats a boot to the face. And slams mm-hmm. him back down to the mat of the suplex. They go back and forth in the corner a bit until they, like... How do I describe this? They both go and form each other in the face at the exact same time. Except- yeah, that was interesting because, like, uh, Kent, like you said, Lane, like, reversed the Irish whip into the corner. And yeah. then they both... And then there was, like, a quick pause. And they both looked at each other and were both, like... Okay, and they both just fired elbows at the same time. <laughs> yeah, except Kent falls down to the mat. Lane hangs on to the corner. Cover, one, two, kick out, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost lost my... I'm, I lost myself in the... Uh, I lost myself in here for a second. Anywho, so it doesn't last long where Lane's in charge, though, because Kent just lays into him with more strikes, gets him, uh, and he pushes Lane back to the corner. Lane is on his back foot here, but... He is able to get his boot up and hit Ken in the face, and he runs at him. So this staggers him a bit, which gives him enough time to hit him with a diving crossbody off the second rope. I love, by the way, here that in giant letters at the bottom of the screen says, do not try this at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, the WWE ones were kind of subtle and looked, like, really nice on screen, and they were, yeah. like, it's just at the bottom. It's like, hey, don't try this at home. And UKPW's like, do not! <laughs> Swear to God! <laughs> Based on the fact that a lot of this audience were children from the sound of it, I can totally imagine them being like, kids, I know you love Lane, but do not do this. At you will hurt yourself. All the kids at the all the kids at the fair being all the kids at the fair with their friends being like, We gotta do this when we go home and the fairs are like, No I can't even act like I didn't do something like that when I was a kid with my brothers. Like I totally did some like horrendously dangerous wrestling move like off our bed and almost hurt ourselves because we were dumbasses. Mm-hmm. Wrestling looks so cool. Wrestling looks so cool. You're right. Me and my friend, I used to have a trampoline in my backyard, and me and my friend would uh, just do wrestling moves on each other on the trampoline. Ooh, one of my friends hit me with a German suplex one time, and I didn't know how to fucking drop, like, land on my on my arms and back, so my chin just slammed into my fucking oh. chest. It hurt so bad. Brutal. It was terrible. We were just hitting each other with finishing moves. <laughs> yeah. Let's fucking go. <laughs> we would just like go back and forth and be like, RKO, Spear, Swanton Bomb. Yep, the classics. Anywho, well, Mike and I, uh, finish And then I hit the pedigree and that's when we stopped because I almost actually just drove his head and I oh. hit the trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that, and that's right there is where they're like, alright. That's where we called it. We were like, "All right, yep, we had no, we almost died. All right, I almost just, I almost just broke his neck. We're good now." Yeah. <laughs> so, despite how Mike and I've talked about how devastating these moves are, this actually doesn't put Ken away. He kicks out at two. Selene picks him up and bashes him with some more forearms before finally hitting him with the running with the running spinning wheel kick that he had been attempting all match. 
I thought this would be the end of the match. I was horribly wrong. This yep. Kent kicks out of it. I was like, oh, really? I was like, okay. So Lane doesn't let him this actually halt his, like, kind of his momentum at this point. So he hits rapid strikes, many of them running at this point in the corner to Kent. He gra On, like, a run out of the corner, he grabs him by his head. one arm bulldogs him out. Hits him with a fucking lion salt. This oddly did not have the don't try this at home. <laughs> yeah, they were like, listen, the crossbody, don't do it. But the lion salt, maybe. So, so small. Yeah, the lion salt, look, they were like, the crossbody, it's like, hey, don't don't try this at home. The lion salt, they're like, eh, it looks cool enough. <laughs> maybe it's like they're hoping like it's so dangerous that no kid will actually ever attempt to try a lion salt. No, they, 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 I, I, I'm just assuming the don't try this at home message was just like a general for the whole match, right? It was just like the, the, yeah. the, 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 legally, the legally obligated to do this mm -hmm. on stream. So, after that lack of a warning for that move, uh, Kent kicks out again. So, Lane crawls to the top rope. He waits for Kent to get up and hits an absolutely picture-perfect springboard spinning wheel kick to his face for the win. Yeah. Actually, it's impressed me. I like the accuracy of this kick. I was like, yeah, that was really fucking good. Nice job. It was cool. Now, after the match... Uh, it isn't all celebration and happiness for Lane because Kent fucking slaughters his leg. So much so that based on Lane selling, the announcer's like, we actually might not be able to compete after this in this next match. Tune in next week to find out. I guess we know why this sparked a blood feud between these two. God, imagine you win yeah. a tournament match, your opponent is salty, he fucks your leg up, and then he replaces you in the next round because he fucked your leg up. Mm-hmm. That's... That should be done in wrestling. That should have already been done. Anyway, Mikey, what'd you feel of this match? I thought this match was pretty good. Uh, it was, it was nothing like, like there was a couple of like exciting spots, like the crossbody, the lion salt. Like there was mm -hmm. a couple of success, but like altogether, the match was just like fine. Yeah. Um. So I, I think I'm gonna give it a meh here. I'm also in agreement. I thought the same thing. I was like, that. when I finished, I was like, there was nothing special besides a here and there spot. I did appreciate how the two had pretty good character work, but the selling was very nice from these two. Mm -hmm. I like they sold the whole match. They didn't like entirely like, you know, like you got to put on a show when you're wrestling, obviously. But like, you know, I, I like when people take their time to sell. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that this was a star of the feud. I kind of want to see where it is at this point. If it's still happening to this day, I kind of want to see where we're at now. Yeah, I, 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 I can't wait to see where this feud is at either, because I want to go. I just want to go back and look. Mm. Yeah, it's going to get a met from me. Yeah, same here. Alrighty then, let's go into the Jive Vidal match with Damian Drake. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, uh, Jay Vidal versus Damian Drake. Uh, this match was solid. This one's from uh, Future Stars of Wrestling. Yes. We've, been, we've watched a couple of their matches before. Mm -hmm. uh, I have written down here because of this, because of the announcers, this mat rematch is one year in the making between these two. Yes. And additionally, I believe if I recall correctly, Drake and his team, I can't remember off the top of my head at the moment, are currently the number one, at the time of this video, were the number one contenders for the titles, but now that Jay's back, there was a possibility he would actually fight Drake for either the number one contendership or the belts. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of history between these two. Yes. Uh, side note. I was not the biggest fan of the audio of this match. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The audio was itself for the match, like the wrestlers, is so damn quiet. It's like a fucking whisper compared to the commentary points. And I'm like, I don't know why wrestling promotions do this. 
Like, it's I like get... we want to hear the wrestlers talking shit yeah, to each other. Exactly. Like that's like, like half the fun. Like if it's imagine watching like a Kevin Owens match, you see him yelling his like big ass mouth off, and there's just you hear nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I get you want the commentary to be listened to, but like you can mix it better that I can hear both. Come on. That's yeah. my nitpick for the match. Yeah, I agree. I think it was it was uh, rough. Yeah. Anywho, Matt, this match actually though starts off at the start of it, not in the middle of it. So uh, these two go back and forth to start this match off until Drake has to use the whole the ropes to get uh, Jay off of him. After separating, they go back at it again, but it's very clear that these two are evenly matched. Just know each other well enough. So. Feeling himself now, Jay, like, goes to shake Drake's hand. Because if I recall correctly, Jay had come back from break here. Like, it was, like, a year off from Future Stars. So, it's like, yeah, good shit, dude. And fucking Drake just looks at his hand, looks at his face, and just slaps the taste out of his mouth. I was like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake literally had, he had one emotion in this match. And it was, I'm mad. Or, I'm taking this very seriously. Yeah. Which is a very much a uh, a contrast to Jay's very uh, expression, um, very like highly expressed, charismatic kind of laid back partying style of speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Damian Drake was like here for all business, and Jay Vidal's like I'm here to wrestle. Yeah, right? And he was like, like he wasn't like super animated, but he was way yeah. more stoked. I. I won't lie. I kind no, of, he was more excited to be in this match. Yeah. Before I get in, before we get further into this match, I wish that he had been a bit more expression, like more a bit more to him. Because like by the end of the match, I was like, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably not gonna remember much about Damian Drake, but Jay would have stood out to me because Jay was, as I said, super express, ton of expression, ton of charisma, and Drake, like you said, was there. He's like, I'm here to wrestle, beat you, and leave. That's it. Yeah. There's no nothing here. I, I, <laughs> This interaction is purely business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know, I kind of wish I had a bit of, like, venom in, uh, towards Jay here from him. But, I digress. This is how you know I've been watching too much AEW Dark or just Taz on commentary because I've been saying that now. Anyway. After getting the taste slapped out of his mouth, Drake doesn't expect <laughs> that in response to this, Jay just goes off on him. Forearms to the face, knocks him down, punk kicks him in the chest. Uh, don't piss off Jay Vidal. Uh, now that the hostility is just out in the open, the Drake's likes Mikey and I says plainly, like, I'm not here to fucking shake your hand. I'm here to beat you up. Uh, Drake chops Jay across the chest. Jay returns the favor with an even louder chop to his chest. This causes Drake to be staggered near the ropes. So, Drake, this, wow. Drake and Jay, fuck me, that's a, god damn it. This causes Drake to be stunned near the ropes. So, Jay takes this moment to jump onto his back and tie him up with, with like, this really innovative looking, uh, submission. It's like a rope-assisted Koji clutch, basically. He uses, like, mm-hmm. the top ropes to, like, hold together his like his arms while Jay's got his legs wrapped around his head. It's cool. I, I didn't expect to see this. It was, gave me vibes of Tajiri, basically, as commentary stated, too. Yeah. But eventually the ref has to let him go because, you know, submission holding the ropes, this is a big no-no. Uh, Jay then, from here, continues his domination of Drake by slamming to the mat and elbowing him on the floor. Unfortunately for him, and this is a common factor in this match, because he showboats to the crowd... Uh, he doesn't see, he's not able to stop Drake from stopping him with a boot to the chest in midair when he lifts him up onto the turnbuckle. Uh, and he tries to hit, oh, now I remember here. So, because he showboats to the crowd, Drake is able to stop him in his tracks by, basically, Jay goes to do like a 
Jumps up onto the turnbuckle, swings back down, double knees to his chest, but like mid him swinging down, Drake just booted him in the chest and knocked him off of him. It's cool. It was a nice looking boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake is, despite, uh, how do I put this? Uh, ah, see, now I'm getting lost in the sauce here. Hold on. <laughs> here. Drake is then tossed onto the apron by Jay, and Jay follows up by slamming Drake face first into the turnbuckle before he basically styles on him. He jumps was... onto the ropes and then spins, walks up to him, and then slaps him across the face. And I was like, the commentator and I were both the same thing. I'm like, that was entirely unnecessary. It was super unnecessary. You just gotta, it's just for showing off, right? Honestly, I respect it. I, you don't usually see wrestlers just like do some shit where they're like, I'm gonna do the most pointless shit and then I'm gonna just disrespect you. That's that's like when they go when they go through like a bunch of the motions and like wind up and do like a lot of like and like mm-hmm. really get pumped for something and then they just go like boop eye poke right yeah, like- exactly <laughs> awesome uh so <laughs> so after this slap across the face uh once again <laughs> Jay showboats to the crowd and you'd think he'd learn his lesson before but boy howdy will he learn it after this because he takes his eye off of Drake and Drake. Grabs him by the arm when he comes near the ropes, yanks him neck first into the top rope, drags him down on over across the apron, and then drops him neck first onto said apron with an inverted DDT. And Jay sells this like he is legitimately hurt. Mm-hmm. Like we have the whole Drake sits in the middle of the ring. Jay is hurt on the outside. The refs trying to check. Drake, Drake just sitting in the middle of the ring, cross-legged, not saying a word, was actually really kind of cool. Yeah, it was. Now, just like him, just like him, just waving, just mm-hmm. like, is he going to come back in? And will Probably we see not. that? We'll see like, after this commercial break. After this commercial, next week on FSW. <laughs> and welcome back from that commercial break. So. To question, does Jay get back to this match? Yes, he does, but he barely beats the count when he does this. Yeah. Uh, it's like at like a nine and a half when he gets into the ring. And I actually, his selling was so good, I actually thought to myself, I was like, oh shit, he actually might be hurt. <laughs> so, of course, obviously, the moment he rolls into the ring, uh, while it's way for him, there's an ass whooping from Drake. He just beats the fuck out of him, and on his, now he's targeting his injured neck. Jay at one point starts to fight back, but when he gets Drake onto his shoulders, his neck kind of like gives out. It's like a fireman's carry, basically. And his neck gives out on him. So Drake turns him inside out with a, lar- a lariat. Though, mm-hmm. I will give Jay credit. He is a fighter, and a, he is persistent, because he doesn't stay down for long after this. Yeah, no, Drake, he does not. Because Drake then goes for, I think, a springboard DDT. But seeing this, Jay runs up behind him and kicks out the middle rope beneath his feet, so he falls and is now sitting on the middle rope and then he gamangiri's drake in the back of the neck before then slamming in slamming him backwards into the map by basically running towards him and as he slides underneath drake he kind of grabs him by the waist and yanks him backwards and he german suplexes him into the mat yeah that was awesome yeah it was fortunately this, this comeback's a bit short that, that's like one of his signature moves right that's i believe so yeah because yeah, he did it he did it garden state pro to like bali or something like i think it was bali mm-hmm. and it looked really fucking good it looks super sick yeah mm-hmm. uh this this comeback that was short-lived though because drake basically back elbows him in the neck drop and then drops him with a neck breaker and it leaves them both now on even playing field is because they're both tired both exhausted both on the ground and, of course, if you watch any wrestling match or you're a long-time watcher, you'll know they go for the classic blow-for-blow strike-off. 
Mm-hmm. Winner of this, though, is Jai... I almost said Jai. Is Jay, who rolls under one of Drake's strikes and hits him with a bunch of running strikes before Pele kicking him in the side of the head. Which causes Drake to, of course, back into a corner and try to get some recovery, basically. But in response, Jay sees this, hits him with a running strike, and then hits a tornado suplex that doesn't put him away. So, Jay goes for a double underhook something... But Drake counters A it. double underhook something. That's the best way I'm going to put these. Something. Because he doesn't get through it because Drake yanks out his legs from underneath him and catapults him into the corner. We then get this kind of scrappy back and forth where Jay dodges Drake as best he can by sliding onto the apron. Mm-hmm. He then shoulders Drake in the gut, tries to throw off his back, gets caught by Drake, and Drake then hits him with a torch rack bomb. Yes. But when that doesn't pin him, Drake goes for a handspring move of some sort until Jay cuts him off with a high knee to the face. Which lets him then hit him with a style clash bomb he calls the Power Bottom Bomb. The Power Bottom Bomb. Mm-hmm. I heard that name in Garden State Pro, but I don't think I think he hit it actually at the show. But I didn't. It didn't occur to me until this match. I was like, oh, that's his finisher. Ah, shit. But it is enough to put Drake away, and Jay is absolutely just flabbergasted that that didn't fucking win. The commentary is like, what? How do you kick out of the Power Bottom Bomb? So he picks him up to end the match with another move. Still a very funny name. I know. It's very funny. And the two once again fight for control once Drake gets to his feet until they separate when Jay headbutts Drake in the face. And just as Jay goes to high knee Drake in the face again, Drake, the absolute bastard heel that he is, pulls the rep in front of him which stops Jay and uses this opportunity to drop him neck first onto his knee with an Ushiguroshi. And this neck now in unbearable pain. Jay is not able to stop Drake from hitting him with a springboard DDT for the win. Before then, as Mikey says, it's all business. He leaves him. He just leaves. All business, no... Uh, no expression. I, 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 I don't know where that was going. All I, like, business, I, like, no I hopped feeling. on that train and had no destination. All right, I got you. All business, no feeling. Okay, there we go. Hey. That's not bad. Uh... I thought this match was quite good. I enjoyed a lot of Jay really selling his neck throughout this match. Like I said, I wish Drake had been a more more expressive and the audio kind of sucked. But I thought the actual pacing of the match was quite good. Yeah, me too. I thought it was Dece. Uh I'm willing to give this a high meh, if only just barely. But Yeah, I, I, I'm there with you. At the same time, like... It definitely can be improved upon to be, like, a complete solid high med, potentially mark out, maybe? Mm-hmm. I like, think, I, I, I wouldn't say mark out. I think this is a this I is mean, a high like, med at best. That's I mean, like, sure. at a later match, maybe? Yeah. Like, I just thought, like, because I know this match was, like, a year ago or something like that, like, actually. So, like, maybe, like, in a year, these two have, like, I mean, I know J- that Jay's up this game. It's the reason I'm watching this match with you. Mm-hmm. But Drake, I, maybe. We'll see. All right, Mikey, we've saved for what you and I both think is the best match for last. Yes, we got, uh, what was the CSW stand for again? Chicago-style wrestling. Got it. We got Ashley Dambois versus Heather Reckless from Chicago-style wrestling for the the CSW Women's Championship. Yes. Champion here being Reckless, who has been champion for 155 days straight. This is also Ashley's debut match, funnily enough. And uh, the last bit of context that I'll give you all is uh, that you should know that Heather Reckless has a goon called Cypher, who is this absolutely mammoth of a man wearing what I would only call, like, a mixture between Leatherface and, and like, Mankind's Mask, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, that's that's a pretty good description of it. Thank you. It's very much gives me Abyss vibes. Just note that the whole yes. ma- that the whole match thing. Uh, I, I, it literally occurred to me here. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Abyss. Very, very much, very much gives. It, gives he's got like the, the jumpsuit and everything feeling, on. Yeah. Just remember that throughout this match, he's just kind of standing there looking menacingly at Dambois every time that she's in control of this match. So. Ashley, being the face, tries to start this match with a handshake, but Heather slaps it, her hand away, and then she basically pie faces her. Yeah. So the two then exchange headlocks, and when Ashley retakes control of this match, Heather shoves her into the corner and forces her to let go. I think if I recall correctly, she's like trying to make like some bullshit call, like I like what's what, what, what do we mean, ref? Get her off of me! As like Ashley's already like away, like she's already let go of her, and I was like that. That's some heel shit right there. That's some heel shit. Mm-hmm. So once separated, Heather tries to Irish whip Ashley to the corner, but instead Ashley uses the corner to hop over her and snap uh, snap arm drag her. Mm-hmm. And again, Heather tosses Ashley to the corner, but this time when Ashley jumps and tries to jump over, Heather just kind of stands and waits, and then once she lands, she attacks her. Yep. This then causes a chain of events where they two start the two start to run the ropes, and in the end, Ashley counters Heather's arm drag, drop kicks her in the face, and then moves out of the way when Ashley goes to drop kick her. At this point, the match is really good pacing. The wrestling is all is well done, fast. I was like in this shit, ready to go. And yeah, honestly, a lot of, uh, everything looked like every move looked really, really smooth. Yeah, very good selling from both these two. And honestly, that's kind of the whole vibe of this match: is good pacing, fast paced action with impact, good selling, good character work by these two. It's like mm-hmm. it is literally like I was like, this is this right here. When I watch women's wrestling, this is the type of wrestling that I like really the type of wrestling I aspire to watch. Yeah. Like, this is, like, where I'm like, all right, everything's Fast-paced, working. Fast-paced, hard-hitting, good. Yeah. Like, everything is working out. All everything's the working good. exactly how it needs to. Yeah. Going off of that, so now at this point, Ashley ruthlessly uh, takes her to the mat with a wrist lock and starts to work over Heather's arm. Heather's arm. Uh, even though Heather is able to wriggle out of her, a power slam that Ashley goes for after this, Ashley then converts that into a sidewalk slam instead. Which causes yeah. Heather to basically hide on the ropes, which Ashley then takes the time to, oddly enough, being the face gloat, kind of like be like, "Yeah, that's right, sit down, young one." Which is which is funny because this is where the match turns around. Yeah, so she goes over to actually this actually fits really well in the last match too because she walks over to give Heather a hand back to the ring and Heather pulls her into the ropes, and mm-hmm. now that she has this opportunity, she takes full advantage and takes control of the match. Yes. Very much like Drake did to Jay before Jay got fucked up on the apron. Very true. So, she yanks her into the ropes. It fucks her up <laughs> a lot. Because over a period of time, then, Heather just viciously targets and attacks the left arm of Ashley, like, over and over and over again. And it's during this point, and, like, during this time, Ashley does try to fight back as the face will, but each time Heather quickly puts a stop to her, Comeback such as when like Ashley Irish whips her and, El- and uh, Heather hits her with like a, a tilt a world DDT that I get the feeling was supposed to be a label lock, but I kind of just went with it. Yeah, uh, no, I like the I like the label lock, but then kind of it didn't really like work out, so they kind of just went they're like yeah sure yeah I was stopping it back and I'll do it yeah yeah. yeah. So after this uh, tilt a world, Heather motions for Cipher that big giant bodyguard I mentioned before to get up onto the apron, and mm-hmm. the ref obviously is like. Well, no, I'm don't, right here. No, <laughs> I'm right here. Hey, don't do that. <laughs> so, as a result of this, a- a- honestly, Heather just kind of mugs Ashley in the corner, like she just viciously stomps her, jams her boot in her neck. Uh, it's just it's rough for her. 
And when the ref turns around, she's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I was just standing here. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. What are you, what are you talking about? Me? Me yeah. doing anything? Me? No. Me? No. Anywho, no, now that you're never. here. She just, once she sees that they're back and paying attention, just more targeting the left arm. Things start to actually go in Ashley's favor, though, when she nearly rolls Heather up. Because she not only dodges a splash from Heather in the corner after this, she knocks her down several times, hitting, like, hitting with a sick-looking running neckbreaker and a couple, I believe, of, like, running strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the reason this neckbreaker looked good was because, oddly enough, Ashley or Heather flipped the opposite way of each other. Actually, yeah, they both flipped the opposite way of each other, so the neckbreaker had a ton of impact. It's just they flipped in the wrong way, but it still looks sick. Yeah. Yeah, one of them, yeah, I remember that, because she she did that, like you said, she did the flipping neckbreaker, and some, there was a little bit of, there had to be a little bit of miscommunication, yeah. because one of them just, like, they, like, opposite turned opposite each turns. other, and it was weird, yeah. It looked awesome, it was just like, I was like, how did that happen? And then I replayed, I was like, oh, one didn't go with the other one. Anyway. Yeah. But hey, it was still it was still a cool spot, and it, it didn't. I don't think it took away from the match. Uh, yeah. I don't think it took away from the match enough that it like made my made the way I feel about this match worse. Yeah. You know exactly. So Heather though still is a bit in control of this match. She just keeps targeting that like she basically puts a stop to this to this momentum briefly by targeting Ashley's now injured arm with, along with some Wells Tim uh, time strikes basically until Ashley catches her with a scoop slam. Mm-hmm. But right afterwards, Heather grabs Ashley and locks her in the label lock again. And due to Cypher, pulling the ropes closest to Ashley's head away from her, Ashley has to actually flip around and use her foot to get to the rope break. And I found it funny commentary. He's like, oh, Cypher might have heard you talking shit. He's walking over here. And in my head, I was like, no, he was walking over to pull the rope away from her foot. But okay. Imagine if he imagine if he did just go over to commentary and just yeah. like... <laughs> imagine if he, he, he was like... And he just like get, leans his head like, he's like, I heard what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Stands there menacingly. <laughs> that's that's basically what he was doing this whole match. Honestly, yeah, he's just standing, standing there, there menacingly. <laughs> so, after the rope break, um, oh god, I uh, literally lost it. After the rope break, they get back on their feet and they struggle for control here. And even though Heather initially gets the upper hand with a backstabber when she goes to the top rope, Ashley gets up, hits her, and then sends her off of said rope with a running power slam. Despite this being what she is best known for, according to commentary, because I commentary did not shut up about how good her power slam was. No, they didn't. Commentary, if I recall, this might have actually been it. I, I'll talk about it in a sec, but I the commentary for this wasn't the greatest. I'll get into why in a second. So Heather barely kicks out it too. I guess it was to make a big deal about how this is a like signature move, kind of like the blue thunder bomb, if I were to guess. I okay, wait. I think the commentary was fine. But uh, it was. I think the the issue was the fact that one of their audios was way louder. That than the was other. the one issue. Of their I was audios, yeah. they were way too damn loud at points that I was like, okay. only one of them was too loud. Only one of them was too. See. One of them had like a normal volume, and the other one was way too loud. This is the difference between someone who went to college but, and learned about this, and me who's just a listener because I just knew one, someone was loud. But that's not that's not on commentary. That's on whoever's that's on whoever's in charge of the audio yeah. for the stream, right? Mm-hmm. So. We're at the end of this match here, where Ashley goes for what I believe is uh, her Uranagi finisher, because I've seen her do this before, I'm pretty sure. But Cypher gets up on the apron, obviously, which distracts the ref. And it's kind of this weird timing, because Heather rolls Ashley up, but it's not like a quick, like, one-two. Like, it takes the ref, like, a good couple seconds to turn around and be like, oh, one, two, three. Yeah. And I was like, mm, timing on that could have been a bit better, but honestly, not too bad. 
Uh, I thought this was a great match. I thought that the camera work, though, unlike the the volume of the commentary, the camera work was awesome. Oh, yeah. It, it, this match was uh, looked great. This was one of the rare indie promotions where we had several camera cuts, and there wasn't one time where I thought the camera was actually out of place. Like, they got, like, in between the ropes, they moved around. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Get, you don't get it very often. No, you do not. You're right. Yeah, and I... Overall, I like this match more than I thought I would, simply because I literally didn't know who Heather was before this match was, and Ashley delivered like she usually has for the last three matches I've watched her do. Yeah, this match was uh, this match was dope. I think I really I really enjoyed it. Uh, these two went these two went super hard against on each other, and it just turned out to be an awesome match. With the pacing was great, the moves were great, everything felt really heavy hitting. Uh, they both had their, they both had their unique style of offense that, and I feel like their, their styles like complemented one another really Mm well. Um, and I think both competitors, uh, came out looking better than when they went in. Mm -hmm. What would you give this match? I'll give this, I'm, I'm giving this, I think I'm giving this one, this is like, I'm on the fence between high man and mark out for this one. because... Because man, this one was solid. It was really like, it was, how do I put this? High quality wrestling. But it didn't get me to feel the markout feeling, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish that something happened to make me pop for it. I'm gonna stick with the high meh here. I think I think what's keeping it for me, what was keeping it from the markout was it. There, I think I think there was too many interferences from what was what's his name Cipher from Cipher. Uh, I feel like I, I've, I've been I've been noticing that a lot of our markouts are just like one-on-one battles with, like, no managers, right? Yeah. So it's, it feels like, for for me at least, it, the managers make it... Like, it, it the, the manager involvement is so... The amount of manager involvement is so important in a match like this. Yeah. Especially in a championship match, because if it's too much, it's like, all right, mm-hmm. you get sick of it, but if it's not enough, then it's like, why were they even there in the first place? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fine line you gotta walk. I think I think there was just a little too much cipher in this match. Like I get I get they were trying to be like, oh yeah, she's she's the big heel, and of course she's going to use the, what she's got. But it's like you could have done that without using cipher all the time because then it just kind of takes away from reckless a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, what's what's taking it down for me is the finish being a roll up first of all, which I don't love, but you know it is what it is, and also the fact mm. that the timing was off. A bit, like to the point where I was like, mm, "That ending yeah, could have been like, a bit better." But yeah, honestly, but how, but how the, this whole match went, it, that ending just felt it's kind like, of the. It's kind of like the key thing where, like, the ending effect of a match. Because, like, when I look at this match, beginning and middle, and even the end is great. It's literally just a couple nitpicks here and there that I'm gonna leave it at the high met for now. If we ever revisit it, maybe. But for now, like, I was very impressed with these two. Me too. This is the type of shit, like I said before, this is the shit when I think of women's wrestling where I'm like, this is where women's wrestling can be and get, it can probably be better than this too. Yeah, like all the all the, the commentary I had on this match was like pretty nitpicky in general, I think. Just like as a whole, this match was great. Yeah. <sighs> what a nice way to end this episode. Yeah. Wasn't there any bad ones this week? Nope. Now, I, th- I thought they were all, they were all pretty, they were all pretty solid to pretty great. Now. Let us go on to next week's matches. Yes, next week we have we have some cool matches for you next week. Zach, uh, I picked the majority of this one of these this time, so I will start us off and I will say what I brought to the table. I brought Ooh. Victoria versus Skylar from Limitless Wrestling. Is this the Victoria I think it is? 
That's what I was. I didn't. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't check, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm gonna look up. And if it is, that would be cool. If not, fine. Uh, side note here for this, just because a little bit. I think that she's got one of my favorite women's uh, finishers at all. The Widow's Peak is a god tier finish. I love the Widow's Peak. It looks so damn cool. It Mm -hmm. is her. Nice. Because I got her actual name. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, they got, it's not like WWE can copyright the name Victoria. Yeah, but like, like they have, a- like, in parentheses, <laughs> like, her full name. Oh, gotcha. Let's fucking go. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I love when she did the Widow's Peak as a kid. It was, like, one of my favorite finishes to see. It mm-hmm. always looked like it killed someone. Yes, Lord. and I also brought a match from, uh... The, is this is this place is this promotion really just called local pro wrestling? Oh my god, I think it is. Oh my god, this place this this promotion is just called local pro wrestling. Oh wow, this is this incredible. Is, this really is. Some, oh my god, yeah, this is some indie shit. This is some real indie shit. Like only three hundred views on their highest yeah. video. Okay, so my my oh. next match my next match that I brought it is it is we I. We dug deep for this oh, one. Oh, <laughs> I think their highest rated. This is thing. from a promotion called Local Pro Wrestling. So, Not even joking. I'm called Local Pro Wrestling, and it is Reed. It is a tag team match between a team called the House of Spades and a team called Reed and Wetworth. So I'm looking at these views right now. Their highest match, uh, their highest video is 950, but from there, the next highest I think is like four is like 500. Tiny little channel. It's a little, oh, little wrestling. 150 subscribers. Damn, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. This is, whew, this, this gives me flashbacks when we first started the show and there was so much more that we hadn't seen yet and I, I just pulled up with, like, some fucking, like, Gator South Wrestling from, like, Florida and you're like, yeah, what is this promotion? we are digging like, deep. Who knows? Maybe we'll find the next big thing before it happens. And to uh, cap things off for next week, uh, I found on Twitter an absolutely gigantic thread of Independent wrestlers that everyone thought deserved some attention. And one of these wrestlers was a man by the name of Justin Carino. Mm-hmm. I believe that we've watched him. I believe we watched him wrestle before. Probably. That's that, that name sounds familiar. It's his dad, isn't it? Yeah, it's Steve Carino's son. Remember that match we had? The long-ass yes, match? Yes! I do remember yes. that match. We did. So we had a match with Justin Carino. And I was like, oh, yeah, you are a thing. I'm like, all right, I'll watch you. And I found a match with him against a man known as AJ Radical. A man known as AJ Styles. Wait. Yeah. And uh, to quote, to get Mikey here, this is from a promotion called 907 Pro Wrestling Academy. Wow, we we really just dug, we went deep for this one, eh? Yeah, my, uh, 350 subscribers, like 1,000 views in the highest video, 1,700 maybe. Yeah, we went, uh, <laughs> we went <laughs> deep with this. Oh, yeah. I'm excited, though. Well, usually this is where we found some mysterious stuff. I'll never forget that you and I found Daniel Garcia at, like, a random-ass promotion in the in New York before he became Dan, the one everyone knows now. Yeah, I, like, it's not like we discovered him, yeah, no, but, but that's like, how, that's how we... Yeah, that's how we, like, That's how like, we saw him for the first time, yeah. yeah from in, like, an indie event where I, where I remember you and I were like, this guy's fucking awesome. That's not, yeah, that's not us trying to be like, uh, nah. we knew about Daniel Garcia before he was cool. Yeah, no, yeah, we're totally hipster. <laughs> <sighs> I flip my hair, but it's wet. Dude, that's the best time to flip your hair. Nah, because then I'll get water all over my computer <laughs> yeah, screen. Yeah, then, then you'll look like Roman Reigns when he enters. <laughs> nah, if I want to be Roman Reigns, i got to take a whole bottle of water and dump it all over my head so that my like entire body is just glistening. <laughs> 
just a whole bunch. Of, he just he just he he buys a whole bottle of baby oil before every match, and he just goes he just goes he just, yeah, just, he just pours it all it. on. Walks out, says, "Acknowledge me, one up." And acknowledge me, and then he has a match that's a finish a finish a, a, <sighs> he has a match that's a finisher spam and leaves. You know, I just realized something too. On a side what? note. This is going to be interesting picking out independent wrestlers because now that Triple H is in charge, we're going to be losing some people in the independent scene. He's going to be picking people up. I mean, listen, where where people when one door closes, another one opens, right? It's just like, so when when people leave, more people are going to come yeah, in. It's, it's just that's like the fun of it. I think I used to curse like, oh yeah, it's going to be like when AEW started signing people. Where you and I are like, ah oh, fuck, our people can't use them fuck. anymore. Can't use them anymore. Yeah. Can't watch their them anymore. Literally like, ah oh, shit, the fucking crowd is dwindled. But yeah, like you said, that's where we found the new people. So. I'm ex- I am excited for the future. I agree. Anywho, that's about all I gotta say. Yes. Uh. So that's th- that's for next week. Of course, those are our little previews for next week's episode. So, uh, with that out of the way, that just leaves us with the plugs. And of course, the first and most important plug is subscribe to the Patreon. Go subscribe over at Patreon.com/slash Countout. Uh, where you can you could join the Countout family for for however much you want to spend a month. We have three tiers. We have three dollar tier, the five dollar tier, and the ten dollar tier. You can go head over to the link that, down in the description of this episode to see what you get from each tier. Because honestly, uh, I don't feel like saying it every time. <laughs> so you can go check out the link to see what each tier has to offer and the cool stuff you can get from joining each tier. Uh, I know the ten dollar tier you could get some interesting stuff like our D and D podcast uh, called uh, what are we calling it? Uh, Cantrips and clotheslines. Yes, uh, I believe so. Our our D and D podcast, Cantrips and clotheslines, that is behind the ten dollar uh, ten dollar at ten dollars a month. You can get our D and D podcast, Cantrips and clotheslines, as well as uh, play Jackbox with the play Jackbox with the Countout the Countout Squad uh, once a month. So go. Check out the Patreon and subscribe over there. You can also subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and uh, leave us a like or a thumbs up. Give us that five star review wherever you can. It would really appreciate it. it really helps a budding podcast like ourselves get to a wider audience. Um, and we'd really appreciate it if you send us match suggestions over on our Twitter at Indie Waters, or you could go check out the Countout Twitter at Countout Pod, where you can. Well, you can follow our thoughts, our thoughts on the world of wrestling and the world in general. Uh, you can go like us on Facebook, Counter Wrestling Podcast Network. Go subscribe to us on YouTube to find video versions of some of our podcasts and a bunch of other random little video projects we did here and there. Um, and I believe, oh, and go join the Discord. Uh, link to that is also in the description if you want to join the Discord and be part of the the Countout family as well. To join yeah. all of the other Countout fans and talk about. We, we have a bunch of, like, hype channels where we talk about whatever's going on that week. So we have, like, the AEW hype channel for when Dynamite's on or WWE hype channel for when SmackDown or Raw's on. It's fun. It's a fun time being there talking to everybody while the, the show's going on. So if you want to hang out with us, uh, go check out the Discord as well. And I believe that about covers it for the plug. Zach, you got anything? <laughs> Hell no! Sorry, me off guard. Yeah, all right. Well, that just leaves me with one thing left to say, and that is to remember there's a gigantic sea of independent wrestling out there. So never stop exploring.
This has been a Countout Podcast.